Apples can be good for less voice mouth clicks in voiceover stuff. They can be? If it was for green, less? Green apples. <laughs> You're eating a red apple. I heard some podcast was talking about going through and taking out all the mouth clicks, and I was like, God bless for doing that. I'm, I ain't. At this point, let AI do that. Oh. No, absolutely. There is some, you know, oh. you actually summarized it pretty well where it's just like, let AI do the menial things and let the humans do the creative things. Stop trying to make AI make art. Well, that's the socialist dream and utopia that I dream of, yeah. right? What is a champagne socialist? I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, I think I'm a champagne socialist. I couldn't realistically tell you. Uh-huh. I've not gone <laughs> really? through and tried to define that in my head. So right. no, I think I'd be a bad. I, like I, like I, I almost think it's like a, it's kind of a, um, kind of a derogatory or cr- critical. It might be right. It's it sounds like, a bit like it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Levels look okay. I look, levels look good. They look great. Man. I love them. Okay, right. <laughs> Today on the Geek Out Podcast, what the absolute frick is going on at OpenAI? Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime. Oh, God, did he die? No. Oh, thank God. He's getting a Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, yay. Jeremy Renner ran up a hill. Not bad for a guy who was eaten by a snowplow in January. (laughs) Jeez. And ask me if I like Dune 2 two weeks early. Go ahead and ask me. (laughs) Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a kid. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast. This is episode 266. We record this uh, high noon on Tuesday, November 21st, 2023. Rip Brian Yggdrasil Boitano. <laughs> Rip Art. Rip Kirsten. I'm Webmeister Bud. I was Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 this week with Jason and Brian oh, in the morning zone. How did that go? What a treat. Yeah. Honestly, dude. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Listen to it. Like, okay. Please okay. listen to it. Yeah. You specifically. And if you miss it, you can go to thezone.fm slash geek out and listen to it. But I mean, I bust a gut a couple times in that thing. And it kind of is because of you. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, bother. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, great. That's never... I find no, never no, it, the way you want it it's to be. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's <laughs> okay, a good thing. well, yeah. good, 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 good. Uh, my name is Paul Blastino, and um, so I, you know what I want to take a second here, just a couple of th- quick things here. Let's uh, go through the list of where everybody is. Yeah. Um, because I always find that I miss these people when they're not on this podcast, totally. and then there's, like, no explanation. So nope. Art, start with Art is, I believe, still in Thailand. I think so. I haven't heard that he's back anyway. So I don't know if I've said this yet, but I did reach out to him one time because I know he went. He was like, hey, guys, any podcast recommendations? And we were all just like, no, just leave. (laughs) I don't think anyone got back to him about that. So God bless. I hope he found something to listen to on his 15-hour plane ride. So uh, and then I knew he was there. And I was so I just reached out to him. I was like, hey, let's get going here with these Instagram stories. Yeah, no kidding. Where is he? Let's yeah. Has yeah, he been kidnapped? Like, is he enjoying himself? Does he has he lost his phone? That's right. Where is this guy? If it doesn't happen on the internet, it doesn't happen. That's right. We all went through this like weird roller coaster of like, uh, huh? You know, f- the social media was invented, and we're like, oh god, it's just a bunch of people's vacation pictures. Blah. And then you got to do something better than that, and you pick take a picture of your food and vacations. And then it, and then oh no, people did start talking about more important things, yep. and and that turned out to be very, very the wrong thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so now I am looking. Ble- I feel blessed when all I see is delicious food and vacation and it's like oh wow we had it right all along those are the good things in life how weird that is what's to celebrate and uh, so I do love to see vacation pictures well it's because the earth is such a dumpster fire right now that those types of things seeing somebody enjoy themselves either with food or vacation is a comfort absolutely because otherwise (laughs) and so I said to Bud uh, or I said to Art uh, let's get her going here with these stories and he he said like haha and then he did post a few and that was it and then now it's silence how long ago was this. I want to say a week ago now or okay, more. Okay, so he hadn't lost his phone. Great. No, and then and then I saw one more recently. Apparently, it was dumping rain on him wherever. Oh God! Was. Oh yeah. man! Okay. Uh, Brian. So, anyways, miss your art. Love you, buddy. Uh, Brian is like you say, filling in and uh, this weird experiment for our morning show where uh, Brian is reading the news, and I think he's also filling a, a big part of a producer role at this yes, point. Yes, definitely. So he is on top of his full time job, which he has. Right, frick. Uh, and then. Uh, and then 
Kirsten is raising a family, and that's all there is to that. Yeah, yeah. And the reason Brian's doing it is because Jason Lamb is getting to host the morning show while Dylan and his wife are on an RV vacation. Yes. So Jason is actually doing Dylan's job of all the talking about the music and the contests and everything right. and not doing the news because that's what Brian's doing. And of course, yeah, so it's crazy hours for Brian, so he's not here. So, oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention is that last week was one of my favorite cold opens or, or rather preambles that we did. It was very chaotic. I was filling in the mornings that week, so I was in an insane mode. Quite loopy. And so, and I don't think in all of that that I really actually got to define the word palpate for you or why I knew it. You lightly defined it. I believe you, or maybe I just filled this in in my head, but basically it's like the medical touching of a thing yes. without an instrument, right? With fingers, as opposed to a, a pokey instrument that is made for poking, right? Uh, that's about right, okay. yeah. The okay. actual dictionary definition oh, yes. is Let's to examine a part of the body by touch, by touch, especially for medical purposes. Oh, because I guess you can have a visual examination as well. Sure. But it's when you get your and, – and by touch is important. And, yeah, it's not just prodding with an instrument. Like I said, it is by touch, by human – usually your fingers touch. Well, you touch something to examine it. Your skin is the largest and most sensitive organ in your entire body. So right. absolutely, that kind of feedback is really important yes. um, to be able to – because, yeah, you lose that with an instrument. You lose that with just your eyes or an X-ray or whatever. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's what the word palpate means. So how did you learn this, Paul? Because – and I alluded to this, but then Brian – Immediately last week, took it in a pervy direction. I suppose he did. Uh, is that I was I was the, a, a person I used to be currently being with was going through a, a massage therapy school, and that's a big part of being a massage therapist. <laughs> that's like ninety percent of it, I would think. <laughs> it's okay, I so. get RMT once a month, and you know, because I geek, therefore I hurt, and yeah, it's all contact. So I would certainly think. So that's right. So your RMT is uh, treating you with touch, yeah. But also when they examine you, that's palpating. Okay, that's a huge part of that profession, Makes and sense. that's yeah. why I now know the word, not whatever pervy touch thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Brian, the big perv of the podcast. No, no. Oh, Lord. So that's how I know that, and that's that, and that's that. What a chaotic preamble last week. How it fun really that was. How really fun. Was. <laughs> this week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out. Oh, my God. Nobody had a weekend. If you covered anything in tech. Oh, yeah. Friday, things went kaplooey. Sam Altman, one of the founders and the current CEO of OpenAI, which, you know, brought us Dolly, the image generator, and GPT-3 and 4, and ChatGPT, was fired on Friday. And, I mean, you always you always do firings on a Friday, right? Because you want everybody to have their weekend mm. and forget that it happened by Monday. Right. nuh <laughs> do, you know do you know how many podcasts in my list said emergency podcast? Oh, really? Um, four, <laughs> which is insane. Wow. And, like, a lot of these, like, two of them. We're supposed to be off that weekend or that that week, so yeah. But you, you just can't you can't escape the news. Uh, it's it's massive. Like he is, he's chief of the board, the CEO, founder, gone. And what the board said was that Sam was quote not consistently candid end quote with the board of directors, which means they think he's lied about oh, some stuff. Oh no. Um, but that's the thing, right? This wasn't your sugar-coated, he's off to pursue other passions or spending more time with his family. No, no, no. So he was fired. The president, next in command, quit. And then over 700 people, employees in the company, signed an open letter to OpenAI saying that they would also quit if the board did not, A, reinstate Sam Altman, and B, step off the board like lose their jobs it was an incredible what ultimatum what it became like a like a showdown between the ceo and the board essentially yes. and the board is made up of six people right uh -huh. so sam is one of those greg the uh vice president or the, the president is two of those the guy who's i guess third in command he's their chief scientist um he later regretted his decision. Oh, no. So that's half the board. And then, so basically, three people have been pushing against 700 and kind of stood their ground. Um, 
so it was a, it was just like a massive, huge, crazy saga. There were negotiations. Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, got involved in mediation because Microsoft <laughs> is OpenAI's biggest investor. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, and you know things were looking hopeful. There was a deal. Maybe Sam would come back. Maybe he wouldn't. This is this is wild. One a.m. Monday, Satya Nadella is on Twitter X thing. And basically with a solution, which if you look at it from a business standpoint, is before the opening stock trading bells. And how brilliant is that? Microsoft lost a bunch of stock on Friday with this news. But basically, Microsoft has hired Sam and Greg Brockman. Uh, the top two people uh, fired from, or well, fired and quit from OpenAI uh, for uh, a, a, a new advanced AI research team at Microsoft. And some of the 702 people might also end up there too. They they apparently have been wow. promised jobs if they want to go. It has been a freaking drama fest this weekend in tech. Okay, so this guy, Sam Altman. Sam Altman. Yeah. Do, do you know much about him? I feel like, unfortunately, the new rock star are these tech CEOs. Very much. Very much. So I know more about uh, Bankman Freed. What's that guy? SBF, Sam Bankman Freed. Yeah. Yeah. I know way more about him than I think I would like to. Of FTX, a huge crypto scam. He was basically just stealing it all. Yeah. No plans. And so this guy, this name is kind of new to me, but do you know much about him? Like, what's his general persona? Like, when, they, when you hear, oh, yeah, we think he maybe was lying, we think he's dirty dealing and we want to get him out of here. Does that surprise you? Or is it like, yeah, I could see it? Or what, what's your feel of the I guy? don't think it's a dirty dealing thing necessarily. I think what we have is, and this was interesting because this kind of came between Ilya, the, the chief scientist who did the firing and then later regretted his decision, and Sam, where Ilya is more about, he's more worried about the existential crisis that AI threatens us with. Oh. He wants, the, the board is nonprofit. For this for-profit company. It's made up of like, non-profit people. So, oh, they don't make money off of this. I guess. I guess that's how that works. Uh, okay. So Ilya and, and I guess the remaining board members are more worried about AI being developed safely. And their, I think, concern with Sam and probably Greg is how they make it more of a commercial venture and more of a steaming forward with less safety. But I mean progress right it's it's hmm. it's progress it is business mm-hmm. and it is kind of the opposite safety so i kind of get it i kind of see you know elias side of this too but microsoft's major major support on this tells me that this train isn't stopping you know they will continue the progress and possibly the the threateningness of it you know it's hard to say because like everything has dimension and layers yeah, for sure. I like the idea that you had this board on there that's not making money so that they are purely they're that they're there for the reason purely to make sure that this thing is developed safely. Yes. Yeah. And responsibly and it does bring a different angle to the story. Uh, that's who I'm with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As just a fleshy meat bag that yeah. uh, will one day be consumed for my electricity or whatever. <laughs> okay, by AI. I just I would I, I'm on their side and I think that that's what's important now yeah. um but oh boy wow what a drama it's wild anyways to answer your question sam bankman freed <laughs> wrong guy <laughs> um i <laughs> guy's going to jail right no exactly <laughs> yeah. um altman uh sam sam altman oh my god they're both sams um i've just known him as sort of the growing face of open ai which sort of came into my radar when elon musk left because he elon musk was one of the founders oh, right. and so he left and Sam Bankman Fried, frick, Sam Altman sort of took up this role and became the face of it. And, you know, in between that, you've got your Dolly and your GPT three and four and your Chad GPT. So it's just sort of, it's just sort of, he's just like the face of this company that we all kind of have to be aware of because AI is taking over the universe. Right. <laughs> As I could have bet a shiny nickel when I was putting this gig out together, everything has changed again (sighs) on the very day of our Lord when I report the craziness of this story. Sam Altman is back at OpenAI, along with the president, Greg Brockman, who quit in protest initially. So OpenAI said, we have reached an agreement in principle for Sam Altman to return to OpenAI as CEO with a new initial board of Brett Taylor, Chair, Larry Summers, and Adam D'Angelo. We are collaborating to figure out the details. Thank you so much for your patience through, th- through this. It's worth noting that Adam D'Angelo is 
the only member of the old board to remain. He's likely there for continuity of how things had been going, but maybe not in terms of firing firing your CEO. Um, Sam Altman said, I love OpenAI and everything I've done over the past few days has been in service of keeping this team and its mission together. When I decided to join Microsoft on Sunday evening, it was clear that that was the best path for me and the team. With this new board and with Satya's support, I'm looking forward to returning to OpenAI and building on our strong partnership with Microsoft. Microsoft's Satya Nadella then said, We are encouraged by the changes to the OpenAI board. We believe this is the f- first essential step on a path to a more stable, well-informed, and effective governance. Sam, Greg, and I have talked and agreed they have a key role to play, along with the OpenAI leadership team, in ensuring that company continues to thrive and build on its mission. We look forward to building on our str- strong partnership and delivering the value of this next generation of AI to our customers and partners. And interestingly, Emmett Shear, who who was apparently true to his word in trying to hammer the board for the specific reasonings behind Sam's firing in the first place. He said, like, he was interim CEO for, I don't know, like 10 minutes. He says, I am deeply pleased by this result. After about 72 hours of very intense work, coming into OpenAI, I wasn't sure what the right path would be. This was the pathway that maximized safety alongside doing right by all stakeholders involved. I'm glad to have been part of the solution. Perhaps most tellingly, though, Greg Brockman, the president, posted a selfie with him in front of, on a rough count, about 80 or so OpenAI employees enthusiastically waving at the camera. Hilariously, the official OpenAI account posted that ChatGPT with voice is now available to all free users of ChatGPT. Previously, it was only part of ChatGPT+, Plus, their paid tier, which they had to stop signups for recently because it was... There were too many signups. Anyway, they demoed ChatGPT voice with an employee asking it, it's been a long night for the team and we're hungry. How many 16-inch pizzas should I order for 778 people? The joke there, of course, is that's the amount of people at OpenAI. The answer ChatGPT gave, of course, was 195. That did this breakdown, assuming three slices per person, each 16-inch pizza being... Anyways, Uh, yeah, so presuming this is the end for now... Some are calling this maybe a publicity stunt. Uh, I feel it might have been more panicked desperation uh, about Sam's position of accelerator. That's literally what they call it. An accelerator is a person who who wants to push forward and fast, and a decelerator wants to temper development for safety. This might have been, this hopefully will be a bit of a wake-up call for Sam, maybe to be a bit more mindful about how other people in the company feel about this kind of thing, and about AI's existential threat to humanity. If he doesn't believe there is a threat, maybe now he'll see that others do believe there is a threat. Anyway, an eventful six days, I'm going to sleep now. Well, good job and well done for jumping back on. I don't think we even mentioned this is a day later than we (laughs) recorded the rest of this podcast because (laughs) the news was so late breaking and we had just, you know, had this huge look at it. Um, I know I was while I I listened to your uh, weekly geek out this morning in the morning zone. I listened to only half of one podcast so far, but as I told you, the two uh, daily deep dive podcasts that I subscribe to, which is the New York Times, the Daily, and CBC's Front Burner, both of them, I love when this happens, both of them are looking at this same story today. Isn't that wild, The more I listen to and and hear about this case, now with him back as I get it that that's what everyone kind of wanted. He was the visionary CEO, the one that yeah. was really driving this, um, the one that the company believed in, like the workers, all those 700 and some yeah. odd people that you say. But he also was the one who it seems like is a little less concerned about safety. So now as a human being who might get either my job taken or uh, my my uh, blood sucked by an AI <laughs> Robot, right, who wants to use me for energy or what have you, use me as a battery. Mm -hmm. How should I feel about this? Should he be, I mean, I I don't know, maybe this guy to lose his job was a little bit too much of a step, but should some really serious guardrails be put around him and what he can do with this company? Whether or not they should, I don't know if they will, because in the end, Sam is the guy at the front of this train. And obviously his power and his relationship with the workers is strong enough that what he wants will 
probably ultimately get done. So that is why I hope that he at least feels a bit of empathy now for the former board um, and how they felt so, I guess, trapped, so painted in a corner that that was their only recourse was to get rid of this guy. Like, that is an extreme move to make. And I hope that Sam takes a bit of uh, that perspective with him as he moves forward. I hope so, too. But if I were a betting man, and I am, I would bet... That instead he feels that this is nothing but pure validation and now he just is full steam ahead with whatever he wants to do. All gas, no brakes. Goody, goody. But thank you so much for updating us in real time. Bye. Coming soon. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. This is the trailer that says tickets are on sale now. It'll be in theaters December 22nd. Most hilariously, Zoner Mary on the Geek Pod group said, I'm still going to see this. And then, <laughs> Paul, yeah. you comment, let us know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Indicating we're not going to see this. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad that was what the no, indication was. No, that's exactly was. what it meant. I think Great. that's why her reaction was a laugh emoji and my reaction was a laugh emoji, but yeah. Because <laughs> I think I wrote uh, the original comment that I wrote was like three times as long, and I was like, Oh, you're, funny. You're being a dick just to delete all of this. <laughs> and I still was a dick. How interesting. No, no, no. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was good. It was like, you know, thanks, Mary. Take this bullet for us. So. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's fascinating even putting this movie out still what could possibly be the interest in the maybe I'm wrong about this I don't know Warner Brothers you cancel Coyote V Acme and you're l- releasing this and you're putting this out <sighs> who cares about this but I probably would have said the same thing about the first one and it was a huge financial success right yeah sure it looks bad. Yeah, This absolutely. trailer looks like a, a CGI nightmare. Yes. From start to finish, even yes. the people don't look real. That's the thing, because every shot of the people done against the green screen then has their hair CG'd to be yeah. like water movement, <laughs> and it's yes. very strange. Oh, and of course, Boba Fett's in it, too. It's freaking, oh my God. Yeah. So, oh, I think one of the comments that I deleted was, uh, <laughs> I like Jason Momoa. But I still won't Magoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was really that bad was joke. good. I'm kind of, that's probably best you just deleted that. Yeah. What? He's riding a glowing seahorse now? Uh, I oh, know. there's In a monster. The air, oh, yeah. God. Total Godzilla thing I, going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where does this. There's like a, a growling, snarling, roaring monster. It looked very Godzilla. But this takes place on Earth. <sighs> right? So why, where's that? When there's sharks and stuff, it makes sense. But yeah. why, that looks like an alien thing from a different planet. I know. I hate it. Yeah. I'm not going to go see it. Oh. I feel bad for Jason Momoa that he's <laughs> obligated to be in this thing. Um, he was on SNL this past week looking weird. I don't know. He looked weird. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I don't, mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Okay. So anyways, have fun, Mary. <laughs> A Disturbance in the Force. So this is a documentary about the Star Wars Holiday Special, which apparently is in theaters now, and on December 5th will hit video on demand. And to clarify, that means you got to pay for it. Um, I'm sure ultimately it will find its way to some sort of streaming service, but maybe not because this is covering... I mean, it'll never make it to Disney+, Plus oh, no. because this is covering the, the biggest black mark on the Star Wars franchise mm-hmm. is this 1978 holiday special. Uh, so hard to know where you will see it. But I mean, here's Weird Al Yankovic talking about, you know, uh, in this in this trailer. There's uh, freaking Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith. Yeah. I see Seth Green is later on in this trailer. Like, there's a lot of people, a lot of nerds talking about this, uh, this thing. But yeah, this documentary will probably be quite an under-the-radar unofficial thing. Um and maybe not hit a streaming service. We'll uh, we'll have to see. Uh, no George Lucas. Nope. Uh, I, I am fascinated. Look, I'm I'm happy to Gilbert watch. Gilbert Godfrey's in yeah, it though. <laughs> I'm happy to watch Weird Al and Gilbert Godfrey <laughs> wax on about this ridiculous 
thing that happened. Yeah. It is, you know, the more I can hear about the Star Wars Holiday Special and how ridiculous it was. Oh my God, that was um, Donnie Marie. Don, yeah, Donnie Osmond. Yeah, I just, I just like, I just saw a slip bit second. I didn't notice that before. Yeah, I mean, like it, it is. I, I'm fascinated about that time because that came out. I think it was. Was it the following Christmas? I think Star yes. Wars was still in theaters, yes. right? So Christmas 1977, Star Wars came out. 1978, this holiday special came out. Okay, so a year and a half had gone by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, still. But the world gripped in Star Wars fever. Oh, my God, the yes. The only thing there is is that first movie. Oh, yeah, okay. So I, But, but it's so interesting how insane it was we hadn't seen what star wars what else it could be no no exactly we had one piece of exposure and it was groundbreaking and and for some reason and so george lucas i'm pretty sure from what i know about this holiday special and that's what i mean like i hope it's more than just these comedians joking about it i hope there is some digging and some oh i hope yeah there's a proper recap on its history yeah some journalism applied to this yeah because as far as i know george lucas approved it yeah but it turned out so badly and he's so embarrassed of it yeah because you can approve something especially in these early days right he was working the kenner deal personally i'm sure right right? so i'm sure in the early days you approve this idea and you may not necessarily are are getting the dailies of what this looks like before it hits the air yeah and i think it talks it really speaks to how lucky again that he got with that first movie Yes. He had some good concepts, yeah. and the movie was a disaster, and luckily in editing and for music, it turned out to be great. <laughs> or, you know, like, you know, a lot of people liked it, and 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 then it could have gone. Can you imagine a world where The Empire Strikes Back didn't come out, and instead we got more or just like something closer to this, <sighs> to the holiday special? That, it, it what just, a loss to culture that would have been. It, it, well, it says to me that George Lucas didn't know what the hell he was doing after that. <laughs> sure, right? sure. And that franchise really was saved kind of in its, not infancy, but maybe it's like uh, puberty uh, by the team that brought uh, The Empire Strikes Back together. Yes, yes, most definitely. Wow. It yeah. could have been just endless trash. It could have been just <laughs> endless trash. Look at that, right? I know. Role play. This would be a prime video movie on January 12th. I I'm, I don't know who's interested in this besides me, and I'm not even interested in it. Oh. It's, <laughs> but it's 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 Kaylee Cuoco. So she plays the wife who's actually like this secret agent, this assassin for hire, um, and the regular life that she leads with her family. And then suddenly her husband finds out about it. Uh-huh. But like so it's okay. So it's Kaylee Cuoco. So that's neat. Haven't seen her in a bit. Um, David Oyelowo. Uh, David. Oyelowo, uh, who I don't know if anybody knows, but I just I know him from my favorite BBC show, Spooks, where he was he was a spy and he was fantastic in that. So I'm interested in it for that reason. Mm. Also, Bill Nye's in this, uh, uh, you uh, know. So, but that I don't think we'll save it. It's just it just looks like a fairly done slash weak premise of a secret agent wife thing. Yeah, I feel like we've seen this in some kind of permeation 10 to 50,000 times before. (laughs) Very close. Yeah, Uh, I would think so. I don't feel like I'm a big enough fan of any of these people to be like, let's see their take on it, though. What's Kelly Cuoco going to bring to this classic trope? Um, But. So, but but you have interest? You are going to see it? No, I am not. I am not. Like, like my biggest draw is David Oyelowo, who's a fantastic actor. I've seen him in a few things. Yeah. I just think he, he's cool, you know? But no, I don't think that will save the plot of this movie. Okay. It looks quite stylized, though, as I'm seeing the trailer. It, maybe it could be okay. Yeah. Mm. I, stylized doesn't save a very tried idea. That's true. As far as I'm concerned. The Abyss is coming back to theaters. This is James Cameron's underwater movie, remastered in 4K. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. I've only seen this movie once. I thought it was brilliant. It had Michael Bean, who is Kyle Reese from The Terminator, in it, in a different role. That was neat. This was where he stretched his CG um, amazingness to as far as it would go before he could pull something off like Avatar, like Titanic, like Terminator 2. This was sort of the jumping off point. This mm. showed, you know, how amazing James, what G- amazing things James Cameron could do with the technology that was available at the time. 
Okay, so you think it's brilliant? I think it's brilliant, and I'd love to see this movie again, but they're only bringing it to theaters for one day. What's the point? <laughs> what do I, well, why don't you just go? December 6th. I don't know. Like, just just I, go. I, I, maybe I'll just in. go. I Put am it. quite. It's a, it's a Wednesday. What are you doing? Well, what do you do on Wednesdays? <sighs> still, I, it's not it's just, just the point. Like, why one day? <laughs> yes, day. I will probably still see it, but okay. why one day? Good. Let's make a date. I'll come and see this movie with you. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah, Perfect. I'll encourage you to come. Okay, uh, um, so what was so so when when on the James Cameron timeline did this actually come out? Like is it in between Terminator? Like when exactly? Like was this was he giving this uh, this guy who's in it a chance to be a leading man um, after being more of a supporting character in the Terminator? Is that what was kind of going on there? Oh no, Michael Bean is sort of like a background character. Ed Harris leads this, and then oh. and then Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio with the cool curly hair and the the blob of water that takes on her face. They were the stars. Michael Bean is just a character. In okay, it. okay. Um, so uh, the Abyss was nineteen eighty nine. Okay, so, so that would have been... Post-Terminator? I guess that is post-Terminator 2. Oh, is it? Wow, Pre- right. No, ter- when's Terminator oh, 2? Terminator was 84. Right. Terminator 2, Judgment Day was 1991. Like That's yeah. what it was, yeah, okay. So, so, so this yeah, is just Inter-Terminator. Before. Yes, Inter-Terminator, well put. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, what was its success level? The Abyss? Yeah. It grossed $90 million. It was nominated for four uh, Academy Awards okay. and won Best Visual Effects. And that was the key. I think this was a real um, touchstone moment for what James Cameron could do. Right. Again, this this worm of water that made its way onto the ship and took on Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio's face. Hey, that was like here, the yeah. shot. That's, oh, it's a 1989 that, movie. It, <laughs> yeah, but I haven't seen it. That's why, <laughs> that's the plot movie. A water worm from outer space it's, takes it's on someone's face. There's a lot more to it, but that was like the shot that would probably win at the Best Visual Effects Academy Award. And obviously is the precursor to the T-1000. Yes, 100%. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so I'm getting the feeling that like Terminator was like a pretty moderate success and then he built on that with the abyss and then terminator 2 was such a big success that in my mind it's like overshadowed completely absolutely okay. absolutely okay yeah okay yeah well great all right all right i'll see it on december the 6th you know where bud <laughs> and i are gonna be if you're looking to assassinate us <laughs> perfect be holding hands in a movie theater watching this movie from 40 years ago For one day oh my god <laughs> I love how you put this. You said, uh, I see where the Sandman is continuing his contractual obligations on Netflix. It's a film called Leo. Yeah. This Adam Sandler is a 74-year-old lizard named Leo who hangs out with his uh, his terrarium mate turtle who's played by Bill Burr. And yeah, it's a CG movie about a turtle trying to escape his meager existence and go and explore the world, I suppose. Yeah, well, okay, and then, then though, then the trailer takes a little turn because obviously they're talking turtles, which, yeah. whatever, okay, it's a kid's oh, movie. Oh, that's right. They This is diegetic. They can talk, at, it, it, and the humans in this movie would hear them if they actually talked, right? That's right, That is yeah. a big twist, yeah. So then the, then the, the, the lizard decides that he's going to let people hear him talk, and he's going to have these relationships with the classroom children who bring him home one week at a time or whatever yeah, yeah. and change their lives. So kind of... A little bit interesting. Hmm. I'm sh- it, like the premise is promising. The premise is promising. I, yeah. Um, you know, coming off of that bar mitzvah movie, maybe there's like some heart to it. Yeah, maybe that's a good point. Yeah, that was I don't, a surprise that bar mitzvah movie. I think I don't want to immediately say that it's going to be bad. <laughs> but, I don't know. I'm just interested. I uh, but but I. Oh, God, I don't know. Well, that's what I mean. The Sandman, his track record is just so oh all over my the God. map. Okay, so you try to watch Leo. I'll try to watch Roleplay, and we'll see how we go. Okay. Perfect. Geek News Proper. Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, will receive a Lifetime Achievement Award. And you may be like, okay, whatever. Who's going to give him the Lifetime Achievement Award? Well, (laughs) Oscars, right? Please, come on. (laughs) The Academy, the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences on December 17th. Oh, it is the Academy. Yes, it's a real Lifetime Achievement Award. I was being facetious because we get this news from, it's like transformersnews.net or something, right? It's allspark.com, which is Hilarious to me, even as a Transformers fan. <laughs> yeah, right. All the ads are about toys, and it's great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize this is a legit Lifetime Achievement Award. I no. thought it was like, you know, he was going to get it at Comic 
Comic-Con from some nerd or something. That's and th- th- When I first saw this, that's what I thought too. But then I looked, I'm like, oh my God, the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. Their, their CEO, Adam Sharp, says, we are thrilled to recognize Peter Cullen, who has voiced so many iconic characters over a lifetime of true achievement. His remarkable career in many <laughs> genres of television and film make him an exemplary honoree. I agree, just based on Optimus Prime alone. Yeah. But what else did he do? I, I know it's like him and the guy who did Megatron, actually. Frank Welker. Frank Welker. Yeah, he has done, like, his list of iconic characters is insane to me. Frank Welker may hold the Guinness Book of World Records for most uh, differentiating cartoon roles. Frank Welker is an absolute freaking comedian. Frank Welker, yeah. by the way, voice of Fred in Scooby-Doo its entire run from the 60s, right? Guy has done so many. He was uh, Ray in the real Ghostbusters. No kidding. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's range. Yeah. I know. I don't know why. I just, when you say Welker, I immediately think uh, Megatron. Mm -hmm. So. uh, But I mean, he was also Soundwave and Shockwave. He was a uh, Rumble. He was a bunch of Transformers in those G1 cartoons. I don't know why I just assume that he walks around being like, Prime! You know what I mean? Like, but that's the thing, because his normal voice is that of Fred. It's just kind of this regular guy kind of sound, you know? Right. And it's so amazing, because not only is he, you know, a, an, an absolute kaleidoscope of voices, but he can create mechanical, organic, fantastical creature sounds. He has the same sort of weird nasal affliction that a modern day version of him, D. Bradley Baker, uh, he does all the creature sounds like the Avatar cartoons. He's sort of like the next generation of Frank Welker with all this weird sort of nasal stuff that he can do. Um, As for Peter Cullen, his resume is not as vast. It is obviously a lot of Transformers stuff, but he's also voiced uh, Eeyore. For for Disney <laughs> yeah, for right. the longest time, yes. and then it's just a little bit of other kinds of roles. But literally, the majority of things that he has done are variations on Optimus Prime or Optimus, you know, Optimus Prime in various uh, things. Right, interesting. Well, I hope Frank Walker already has this award. Then I mean, here's hoping. The problem is. Nobody knows really who Frank Welker is, and everybody should. Frank Welker is freaking incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's very much the um, overshadowed um, star. Of, of that generation of voice actors, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I think people who know, know, but people who don't know, know Peter Cullen. Well, what a slap in the face that, you know, going back to the very first Michael Bay Transformers movie, they got Peter Cullen, which obviously if you didn't do that for Prime, you were going to, you know, balls up the entire thing from the jump. Yeah. But they, but they, I feel like they also balls it up by replacing Frank Walker as yeah. Megatron with <laughs> Hugo Weaving. Yeah. It's like, okay, I know Hugo Weaving was having a real moment at the time, Uh, you know, and he did a fine, serviceable job and everything, but, like, I wanted Frank Welker Megatron. Everybody did. Everybody did. And that's the kind of thing, that's what shows you the status of someone like Peter Cullen as opposed to the status, which doesn't balance out with his talent, of Frank Welker. Brutal. Ask me about my voice acting nerdiness. (laughs) Jeremy Renner. (laughs) Ten months ago, January, right? This guy gets New Year's Day. This guy gets eaten up by a freaking snowplow. Well, he has posted a video on his Instagram where he is running up his driveway, which is phenomenal. Um, Like, absolutely hot guy of this guy to work through all of the he says he's got, he's tried he's gone through every type of therapy including countless hours of physical therapy peptide injections IV drips and pushes stem cells and exosomes I don't even know what that is oh, uh, red light and infrared therapy hyperbaric chamber 2.0 atmospheres cold plunge and the list goes on and on Jeez like this Louis. guy has been through I was about to say the ringer but no he's already been through the ringer on the snowcat so yeah the ringer's the <laughs> specific moving part that he went through. Um, Yeah, it's incredible. Wow, good for him. Congratulations. I can't imagine that amount of work to just be able to, you know, get back to where you once were. It's incredible. And uh, next time, Brian, that you're complaining about walking up a slight uh, incline (laughs) to to my house, okay, uh, I just want you to remember a renter, all right? Brian, what heavy machinery have you been through? That for some reason you can't walk up a short <laughs> incline. Oh, my God. Because Renner could do it, okay? And he's my second favorite Hawkeye. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Let's go through the list of The Last of Us games. The Last of Us, the original, 
2013 came out on PS3. Next year, 2014 for PS4, we had The Last of Us remastered. Oh, God. Way back to skipping way forward to 2020, we had The Last of Us Part 2, which was the sequel for the PS4. And in 2022, we had The Last of Us Part 1, which was the remake of the first game. So, (laughs) The Last of Us, Mm -hmm. 2013, The Last of Us Remastered, 2014, and The Last of Us Part 1, 2022, kind of the same game, all of them. So now we have The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered for PS5 coming out in 2024. It is a little confusing, but... I'm sure for fans of the game, which I'd love to be, but good Lord, I don't have that kind of time. Uh, it's going to be uh, fantastic. I <clears throat> I imagine that there's quite a lot of um, new interest in this game. Yeah. From the success of the TV show. Yes, I would think so. I would absolutely think so. Right, because that TV show was huge for me. Oh. Who I had barely heard of the game. Right. You know, and I loved it. And so I can imagine if you like video games, you might go check it out. Yeah. Hey, speaking of video games, before we move on here, mm. I uh, just want a little celebratory uh, situation for me is that um, we were talking about this. I don't know if I mentioned it on this podcast, which is odd because I know I've mentioned it on the radio, which mm. is like, who fucking cares, dude? Stop talking. <laughs> but uh, there was one level on Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Oh, yes. I'm so proud of you for this, dude. Tell us about it. Okay. So I brought it to our, uh, you know, group chat because I, I thought for like you know reasons for sure this was stupid of me to just assume but i thought for sure that you were into super mario wonder oh i desperately want my 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 playlist is 78 games long uh, i will get there but oh my god it is there's so there's so many things for me to play right so well i highly recommend it you know i bought it off of, off of brian's recommendation and then of course my nephew got it so i was like all right i'm getting so this sweet. damn thing so uh there's this one level it's called fluff puff peaks wall jump challenge special world and Brian you get to it kind of early in the game you know like the game starts off as all Mario games do kind of you know it's like pretty easy and uh, I'm just playing it I'm like yeah 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 this is this game's for kids I get it and you know it's just fun to be Super Mario again okay whatever worth worth the 90 bucks um but then you get to this this level pretty early and it is truly the most difficult challenging Super Mario level that I have ever played in my entire life. Am I going to guess there's a rhythm component to this? There is a rhythm Because component. you called it Fluff Pucks Fluff Puff Peaks Special Climb to the Beat. To the Beat. Oh, that's right. Which is its own, oh my god. Like, it, sound, it's, it sounds like a nightmare for anybody who's not fully into both platformers and rhythm games. You know? Yes. So, and it's interesting too in this game because there's another to the beat level that's earlier and it's obviously much, much easier. So it kind of gets you used to like the rhythm jumping. Well, that makes sense. The, what do you call it, a rhythm game? Yeah, it's a rhythm game. Yeah. Okay, okay. And so a rhythm you, game, if you, if you don't own Bird's Eye View, it's a really rhythm game where you have to basically hit the button on the beat. But the thing is, all controllers yeah, yeah. are wireless today. So right. sometimes you have to think the 120 milliseconds ahead of time <laughs> yes, and yes. sort of hit the button before the beat or be releasing the button on the beat. It's a whole thing unto itself. Yeah. So so you have this first level and, and then you're going to the beat and it's like, okay, even that one took me quite a few tries, but you don't lose a life. Oh. Okay. There's a portion where you lose a life now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh so God. Fluff Puff Peaks comes and it's like <laughs> way harder and you're losing lives every single time. And, and so Steven, so um, uh, the person that was currently watching me play this game <laughs> was like, um, uh, uh, was like, oh, you better buy some one-up mushrooms. And I was like, like, oh, this is a kid's game. I don't need one-up mushrooms. I've got, like, whatever it was, like, 20 lives. I, I know what I'm doing here. Anyways, Fluff, P- Fluff Puffs, I mean, wiped me out of lives. Oh, my God. And then again, and, and like, you know, in these modern games, you don't really get a game over. They just give you five more lives. Exactly, exactly. But that happened so many times. <laughs> wow. There was so much swearing going on. Anyways, this past weekend, I finally beat it. Congratulations. It was really wonderful. My roommate uh, meant to take a video of me beating it, but didn't re- press the record button on her phone. God dang it. So I have just a short video of me afterwards, kind of just like being sweaty. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> anyways, dang. What's, what's the point of this? Oh, just the fact that everyone just gets Super Mario Wonder, but bump it up your list. I, I, really, I really have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, back to The Last of Us. 
Uh, <laughs> if you had purchased The Last of Us Part 2, the non-remastered version from, uh, hang on a sec, now it's recommending my list, from 2020, uh-huh. uh, you can upgrade to this PS5 remaster for 10 bucks. Which is a heck of a deal. Oh, that is a good deal. Um, Who in the hell thought in the uh, uh, ravaging time of the pandemic, I know, zomb- oh, right? zombie game. <laughs> no kidding. Post-apocalyptic mushroom oh, virus. No kidding. Wow, I hope that was comforting to all of y'all. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> and finally, there's a there's a wolf, a, a wolf edition. A wolf, WLF stands for the Washington Liberation Front. So you'll get a bunch of trading cards. You'll get a patch. You'll get a set of pins. And of course, the steel steelbook case of the game with additional content for the ps5 so that is the last of us part two remastered no punctuation very strange next scott pilgrim takes off just released this or the hollywood reporter i guess just released this uh eight up of guest voices in it i have not started watching it have you paul no so apparently will forte's in this shannon woodward cal penn simon pegg Ingrid Haas, Bowen Young, Finn, Finn Wolfhard, and Al Yankovic. Uh, the, we are in a Yankissance where we cannot escape this guy. It's, a, it's amazing, and I love it because he is a treasure. Um, I was complaining about, like, wow, why are we talking about this guy, Pilgrim, so much? Uh, I don't think I had the appreciation for it, but I recently listened to an interview with the director. Uh, what's his name? Edgar Wright. Uh, Edgar Wright, thank yeah. you, yes. And it kind of just, you know, made me realize, like, oh no, yeah, this is kind of a big deal. This, this, this coming back together. Oh, hugely! That of, amount of people for this cultural of a of a touchstone, yeah. Well, it, it's interesting that like Scott Pilgrim didn't do well, hey, when they came out. Oh, cult classic, without a doubt. It became a cult classic yeah. after time, yeah. And and they kind of had to really realize that uh, at the time. It kind of bombed, but they were just like, oh, but that's okay. That's they kind of had in their mind. That this will be a bit of a call classic. You just doing a be real. I'm just doing a be real. Yep. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Like I'm, I'm in most of Jenny's be reels, just doing the same dumb thing. Every I, I'm, single I'm day. captioning this, Paul, mid sentence. Yeah, because okay, your mouth is literally open, and okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. no, that's okay. That's kind of how I look best. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> I've been told. <laughs> so, so, um, so, yeah, it was. It, it, it they had to like kind of trust as it was bombing. They had put, you yeah. know, really all believed in this movie, and they had to trust that it kind of would become a cult classic. And sure enough, it was. Yeah, it did. And then when you think about the like, you get most of the Avengers in this damn thing. Absolutely, that's the great thing about this, right? Freaking Chris Evans, Brie Larson, like yeah. what a what a future projection this was. Huge, like. It's wild to think that at the time, really only Michael Sarah had had any kind of real level of success. Maybe Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but like it was mostly just Arrested Development. Anna Kendrick hadn't popped off yet. No. Um. Oh my God! Like, you're right. That th- this movie was like a crystal ball. And for it to take place and be so unapologetically Toronto, I think there's oh, something special yes. about that as well. So, um, no, I'm not going to watch this cartoon show, but... <laughs> I'm going to watch the cartoon show. It, well, good. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that they're doing it. I'm glad that it's in, like, you know, the style of the original comic and everything. I think there is something to be said. I, I was too dismissive, I think, in last week. But I think it also was because I never saved the theme song. Oh, so you were ticked about having to go back and resource it for the podcast again? Yeah, exactly. Dude, we talked about this thing 17 times I, in the last I four know. weeks. How just, did you? Wow. Okay, I think I was enough. like, why are we still talking about this thing again? It's, it, well, that was a valid question. <laughs> that was a valid question. <laughs> but no, it is cool. And the theme song itself actually is quite cool because the the original comic I heard is was based on a song. Like this Winnipeg band no way. wrote a song called Scott Pilgrim. No way. About whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that song inspired the comic strip. What the frick? That's incredible. I have no idea. Yeah. Nope. That's yeah. so cool. I know. So that's where it goes way back. And I think the original song from this little indie Winnipeg band is on the soundtrack. That's oh, how I wow. found it. But oh, like, wow. yeah, that's that's how that goes. No, that's so cool. I haven't looked up that part of history. I like that. That's really nice. Okay, I'm going to spend 10 seconds on this. Dune 2 is now dropping two weeks early. It will be March 1st, 2024, instead of March 15th, 2024, instead of November 3rd, 2023, which was when it was initially supposed to come out. So, 2024, though? Okay, well, that's fine. Um, yeah, I think we all had a moment of silence this past month when it should have been coming out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm excited for Dune 2. 
you too. <laughs> nope, I'm not going to let you do it. I'm not going to let you do it. Uh, next up, just it's weird. I, I, I'm just going to put these in here because they're kind of neat. But both Paul and I, within minutes of each other, just pasted in interesting links from this this Twitter account called Culture Crave. Uh, yeah. And so the one, the one that Paul pasted in is Anthony Starr as Homelander on a crane and obviously lav mic'd because you can just hear him just just casually blurt out every possible version of an F-bomb yeah. he can. He is like, this is him regretting doing his own Homelander stunts. It's just <laughs> a single shot of him going up and up and up towards this crane, and I'm sure he's getting very high up and is freaking him out, and his body language is very telling, and it's just kind of hilarious to just hear him freaking out slowly but surely as Homelander in The Boys. I sure would be. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I wonder if they were able to use this take or how many times they had to do it because he's so uncomfortable. Oh, he's so uncomfortable. I'm sure they didn't use this because Homelander is is a confidence personified. Yeah. And this Anthony Starr moment is not. That's okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I put that in for you, boys fan. Oh, it's great. The one I put in is about Kiwi Kwan saying joining the MCU was at the top of his wish list mm-hmm. when he started acting again. Because as you may remember, when he stopped acting after the Indiana Jones movie, he was a stunt coordinator. He, stunt coordinator. He is an uncoordinated, er, sorry, uncredited stunt coordinator on X-Men, like the original X-Men movie. But here he is, baby Kiwi Kwan, guiding uh, a Wolverine stunt double in the original movie. And I just thought that was the damn coolest thing. So that's why I put that one. That is so cool. I love the Quanissance. Yes, Quanissance is brilliant. Absolutely. And uh, I know I know that his next uh, bucket list item is he would like to be in Star Wars. Yes. And so Which, I, you know what? Let's get it done. He's got Kathleen Kennedy's phone number now. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm supportive of one more Star Wars movie if he gets to be in it. <laughs> great, great. Finally, in Geek News proper, a weird one. Uh, Sean Coombs, Diddy, has been accused of rape. An abuse by an R&B singer who goes by Cassie, like Cassandra Ventura, uh, when she was 19 and he was 37. So this happened in 2005. This article came out. This is from, you know, the Associated Press. So this is uh, is the AP and Diddy vehemently denies the allegations. Uh, But then a CNN story very closely afterwards says that the lawsuit has been settled. The quote from um, <clears throat> from Diddy is, we have decided to resolve this matter amicably. I wish Cassie and her family all the best. Uh, love. And then her statement is, I have decided to resolve this matter amicably on terms I have some level of control, which is an interesting way to put it. I want to thank my family, fans, and lawyers for their unwavering support. Um, yeah, this is. we'll have these links, I suppose. Yeah. In the, okay, you yeah. can go read it yourself. Um I, I haven't really delved too much into this. I think because it got it, it's turned around so quickly. Yeah, it was just very strange. Yeah, there was no time to really kind of think. I when I saw the original headline, I was like, oh god, you know, like are we gonna have any uh, people left who made music at any point <sighs> that were still allowed to like? I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. it's so awful when you see these kind of allegations and accusations. Uh, but uh, and then it was and then it had been settled, and you're like. Okay, but I still have that in my brain from yeah, yesterday. Yeah, you can't let that go. Yeah, so exactly. What am I supposed to think now? A weird out of court settlement? Like, so you know, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen. But again, innocent until proven guilty. Allegedly, allegedly, right? It's hard to know how to process this because because it didn't do the terrible thing of being splattered out in the courts for everybody, which brings me back to this line of Cassie's mm. on terms that I have some level of control over, which is super key. And I think, you know, she thinks about the whole, like an Amber Heard situation or whatever. And it's just like, right. maybe I don't want to go through that for weeks and months and maybe years and maybe my reputation for the rest of my life. That's an interesting comparison because I feel like, um, you know, it's not like, I mean, my initial reaction would be like, well, listen, the courts are there to get to the bottom of these things, yeah. to lay bare the truth, right? To spill these things open so that we all can get to the bottom of what the truth is. Uh, and But I mean, yeah, you think about that Amber Heard, Johnny Depp trial. It's like, we didn't get to the bottom of shit. No, it just turned into a circus. 
Everyone looks bad. Yeah, I have. I don't really think I know that anything close to the truth of what actually happened in that no, situation. Just seems both bad. You know, it just that's all we sort of. You know, if we had to summarize this, that's sort of all I got out of it. And bad. yeah, and then we all still dislike Johnny Depp and Amber Heard more than when we went into it. And yeah. it's kind of the same thing with this. Even though it didn't go to court or anything, I'm just like, oh, now I have that thought about about Sean Combs in my head. Yeah, it's an interesting one, definitely. Yikes. Two pieces of rumors and hearsay. Is your source on this reliable? Deadline hears <laughs> from several sources. No, it's not the, no, hang on. This was confirmed. That Nicholas Holt will be Lex Luthor in Superman Colin Legacy. No, see, here's the thing. Deadline is up there in somewhat reputable sources, but sometimes they do this. It's like... That they've they have heard from several sources and like that's not confirmation, right? But I feel I feel like if we if you gave it a goog now, I feel like it has been confirmed by other sources. I think that article <laughs> maybe just like before they were right here's, close. He hadn't finished signing his name. Here's but the, for the first line of the article: James Gunn has found his Lex Luthor in British actor Nicholas Holt. Huh. Several sources tell us. It's uh, not confirmation. Uh, uh, okay, but all right, but just Google his name and see what comes up and see if it has been confirmed by better sources or more recently. Because when when did that article come out? A while ago, right? That was a couple days ago. A couple of days. And I went this morning as I was making the cue sheet. And uh. so we've got... <laughs> You know, superhero hype and the AV Club and IndieWire, uh, you know, sort of confirming this. I will admit, The Hollywood Reporter... Says that this is a done deal. Let's okay. see. Done deal? They say done deal? No, wait, wait. No deal is done. Literally, that sentence. No deal is done. But talks have been in the works since before the strike. Okay. So, well, maybe we can reserve judgment until it's a done deal, but uh, how do we feel kind of off the hop here? He better start with no hair. This oh, is God. the new- so dumb when Jesse Eisenberg came- <laughs> And he's like full head of hair, yeah. and then he eventually gets bald. It's like, Lex Luthor is bald from Go! This is the new Beast, by the way, the new Beast in the X-Men movies, and he was also in uh, Renfield, that vampire movie with Nicolas Cage. Um, but he's got some range, as far as I'm, I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'd make a pretty good Lex Luthor. I think a good Lex Luthor has to sort of be unassuming to a point. This guy has mm-hmm. an everyman look to him. Um, I like when Lex Luthor's a little bit older. Gene Hackman. Not that old. Okay. All right. And and I like when he's built. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. I. Uh, you know. I just. I think about the animated series of of Superman because yeah, either they go old and kind of like Gene Hackman schlubby. Yeah. Right. And same with the Kevin Spacey. Smart but not powerful. That's right. They really want to drive home that like this guy is brains. Yeah. And he's trying to take on Superman on an, on an intellectual level. So Because he can't take him on physically, right? It, obviously, he could never take him on physically, no. so it's completely intellectual. Yeah. Um, and, and so then they got Jesse Eisenberg, who is just scrawny. Yeah, yeah. Same kind of thing. Didn't work. Bad, 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 bad. And no threat to him at all. Zero threat. I didn't see any, anyway. But I think the Lex Luthor that works best for me, it's in the comics, it's in that animated series as well. Um, he sees... He, it's it's more to real life. That kind of guy who is like so egotistical that he would be threatened by Superman. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> he that guy's ripped. That guy is like alpha male up in the gym, four thirty in the morning. He'll have to have a complex about it. He's got a complex, yes, right? And I remember right. that being an aspect of that cartoon show too, where he was there, like training and working out so hard to make sure that his body was like physically perfect, because you know. He was doing everything he could to best Superman, even though there was no, it would never even come close. No point to it, really, yeah. But, you know, for the time that he was going to get that giant robot costume. Yeah, yeah. Right? He wanted to make sure that physically he was going to be able to pilot the robot costume as best as he could. That, to me, speaks more to the character. Uh, that he can be super smart, super intellectual, but then also super, you know, concerned about his physical fitness as well. And so I want a guy who's, you know, almost the same, like the same level of built as Superman. That makes sense. Somebody like that, somebody who's going to go after the strongest man in the galaxy or whatever on the right, planet at the very right. least has to have that sort of hyper focus of a, no offense to Jim Bros, Jim Bro, yeah. um, and, and to, to think that he can do that. 
That's right. When you when you meet characters like that, they're they're often like that. Yeah. They're they're often kind of like that's interesting. They're hyper focused, or yeah. I'm thinking about a guy I met recently and I had a chat with him, and he was talking about how his like brain is broken in a way that it forces him into the gym every Holy day. Holy smokes! Do you know wow. what I mean? He's like he looks great. You yeah, know, yeah. he's he's in very 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 good shape. But he couldn't stop if he wanted to. Exactly. <sighs> and and that's the kind of personality type that I imagine when I see Lex Luthor. Wild. Last thing in rumors and hearsay, Fantastic Four eyes Pedro Pascal <laughs> to play Mr. Fantastic. I think we got confirmation about this too, didn't we? Did we? I feel like. Uh, Pedro, uh, Variety's still saying eyes. Yeah. 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 So let's go to <laughs> news and see who our sources are. Comic book movie. Oh, no. Superhero hype. Screen rant. Always a bad idea. Oh, Geek tyrant. Slash film, eh, I'm sorry. I, okay. To me, that is not a confirmation. Okay, great. How do we feel about this, though? I mean, Mr. Fantastic was always a bit of a silver fox. This guy's, what, okay. 48? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it does sort of match up. Sure. Um, how instant are the comparisons going to be between him and John Krasinski, who played an alternate reality version of Mr. Fantastic uh, yeah, in Doctor tr- Strange I mean, Multiverse of Madness? Honestly, I just kind of liked Krasinski. Yeah, agreed. You know, yeah. I think yeah, put some just for men in his in his wings <laughs> if you need him to be silver. Fox. It was just a natural fit, it seems. Yeah, and then cast his wife also. Yeah, um, that's Emily right Blunt too. Mrs. Fantastic. Yeah. I thought that would have been cute. We've talked about that for a long time. I think it's a cute idea still. Um, I think there's a reason why fans wanted it, but who knows? Maybe Krasinski is like, yeah, yeah, I'll be in one movie and like, you know, I'm not committing to this thing for the rest of my life. Like I feel like you have to with Marvel movies. Yeah. No kidding. eh? And what a, what a sweet deal. If he doesn't want to do that again, what a sweet deal to have appeared in an alternate reality. Like smartest plan ever in, in the Marvel con contractual bear trap. He escaped. (laughs) It was kind of amazing. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Pedro Pascal, I don't know. I think we talked about this last time. It just feels like very like, what's hot right now kind of type of casting. Right. Casting Mr. Right now as opposed to maybe Mr. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so eh, we'll see. We'll see when it gets actually moved from rumors and hearsay into the proper news. There's a graphic that's come out with uh, predicted fan castings for everybody. Pedro Pascal as Mr. Fantastic. Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm. Slash the Invisible One, mm-hmm. uh, Joseph Quinn, who I do not know, but uh, he is a strapping young lad-looking guy as uh, Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, and cousin as Ben Grimm, the Thing, uh, Yvonne Mossbachrack uh, that we that we saw in uh, both Andor and um, the Bear, cousin, cousin. Uh, but all of that is not confirmed. No, it's complete room. No, it's just like it's just like fan casting. It's just yeah. Okay, then you know what? While we're on the uh, topic here, I mean, we've talked about this before, but Marvel really counting on now the X-Men and getting back to their roots of Fantastic Four to kind of right the ship, you know, to kind of yep. get back to some A-list uh, characters because the MCU is kind of floundering. At this point, uh, it makes sense that they would go to those and they still have those in their pocket to get to. Um, it, unfortunately, though, we've had two versions of Fantastic Four that nobody gave a shit about. <laughs> That's right, fan four stick. The other one, I can't remember. I, yeah, I just but like two, and it didn't work. So, yeah, yeah. So, which so. is funny, you know, because I mean, very successful Saturday morning cartoon, very successful comic, very successful characters. Why not? Why couldn't it work? Yeah, if I'm Marvel and I want to be optimistic about my future, I think, oh well, Fantastic Four, of yeah, course, yeah. Fantastic Four. But if I'm pessimistic, I'm thinking, your. Your track record is bad now, <laughs> MCU. There's a lot of ill will towards you, and we've already done this twice, and it didn't work either time, yeah. so it's not a slam dunk. Yeah, fair. Fair. It's a bit of a risk at this point. <sighs> so maybe you got the X-Men. But while we're talking about it, um, I want to make a podcast recommendation to y'all. Um, I love, in my podcast diet, uh, a daily one that I usually go to is a Front Burner from the CBC. Mm-hmm. And last week, they... I had an episode where they talked to uh, Sam Adams, a culture writer and senior editor at Slate. Oh, yeah. And he dives into the MCU. And it's a lot of stuff that we talk about in this podcast, but obviously he's got a really, really good perspective about it. And they really dive into like, what is happening at the MCU? What is happening? Yeah, and why it's kind of floundering in the way it is right now. Interesting. So I won't paraphrase. I'll just uh, uh, recommend highly that you go and listen to that episode. That's cool. I've listened to a couple of those front burners on your recommendations, so thank you. Yeah. 
All right, we're on to reviews and recommendations, starting with Brian's 91 second. Wait, no, we're not. He's not here. Uh, we're going to go to Paul and talk about Monarch colon Legacy of Monsters on Apple TV+. Plus. No, I didn't watch this. Oh, wait, I thought you... Oh. I no, you the only reason... You, no. Oh. Well, no, no. The only reason... That, no, there was a review that came out that said what I predicted. Oh, I didn't read it correctly. Okay. That, um, and I just put this in here so I could get a big fat caboose about it. <laughs> the review was that uh, too many humans, not enough monsters. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which, yeah, you, that's exactly what you predicted. Yeah, I recently actually kind of revisited a review for Kong versus Godzilla. Oh, yeah. And that was, uh, which I, had, I didn't see that one either, but that was the big positive about that movie is that they don't, they don't clutter it up with pesky humans and some backstory about an estranged father or what have you. <laughs> okay, like right? so many of these monster movies do, it's just Godzilla and King Kong punching each other and doing destruction. Right. And that actually was a big strong point of that movie, evidently. Uh, and so this monarch apparently goes in completely the opposite way. Not enough monsters. We're not here for this drama with monsters in the background, everybody. Mm-hmm. We want monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Bring them front and center. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's all. It's not it's not a review for me. I never watched this. I never turned it on. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I uh, misread it, obviously. <laughs> but I do get a caboose. Great. Well, I, th- I th- that's uh, it then. Yeah, there's, you didn't watch anything? There's, there's only two of us. No, week? yeah. Well, I, I watched Pluto. All my notes are at home, so I'm going <laughs> to just table that for a week. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, yeah, that's uh, it. Uh, Kirsten.James uh, at Art Aronson. Uh-huh. BoytanoTheDJ.com. Yes. Paul. At Paul Blasino on Instagram only. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Twitch.tv slash webmeisterbud. That's me. This has been the Zones Geek Out Podcast, episode 266. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.